Fire and the Flood Part 3 of the Fiends with Benefits series A Good Omens Potfic Written by Verdant Valpus And read by Literarian Chapter 14 The Coin Toss Summary Aziraphale realizes Crowley has been tricking him. At first he gets angry. Then he gets revenge. Content warnings. Explicit sexual content. Spanking and bad BDSM practice. London, 1603. Toss you for Edinburgh. Aziraphale didn't particularly want to go to Edinburgh either, but this was why he and Crowley made the arrangement back in 1020. To lighten each other's load. Besides, the law of averages said Aziraphale was bound to win one of these coin tosses sooner or later. The law of averages, it turned out, was nothing in the face of the devil's own luck and Aziraphale was bound for Edinburgh. It was a miserable journey with a grumpy horse and grumpier travelling companions. The spring had been particularly wet in northern England, washing away large swaths of the road and forcing the group to take a number of detours. Aziraphale thoroughly gave up on his preferred sunny disposition and became as sullen as the Scottish sky. This travelling nonsense was complete rubbish. When he got back to London, Aziraphale was determined to make that his base of operation from now on. Maybe he'd open a shop of some kind. Edinburgh proved charming enough to soothe the worst of his discomfort and the plans for his new bookshop, happily percolating in his mind, were a cosy distraction from a dreadful truth. Once his job here was done, he'd have to get back on a horse once more and make the same journey south. Bookshop, he thought to himself as he heaved himself into the saddle. I have more than enough books to begin, although I'd hate to part with them. Planning his home base only managed to entertain him for the first four days. He ought to be in London by now, but alas, the detours. Humiliating punishment for an angel to suffer. He'd gladly have thought himself to Scotland and back, but Michael had been keeping a shrewd eye on his miracles lately and gave him a stern order to blend in. Bored and beyond sore, Aziraphale grumbled at the memory and cursed Crowley and his bloody coin tosses under his breath. He'd have to stop in at the shoddy little east side inn where the demon was hanging his hat these days just to tell him the job was done. It was a professional courtesy. And then Crowley would offer him some wine, as was only proper and friendly. And then maybe he'd guide the yellow-eyed creature to his knees and feed him his cock for a few hours. 
as a friend would. Aziraphale sighed. It was beginning to stretch credulity, their secret trysts. It was one thing to be openly friendly outside of work, excluding the arrangement, but Aziraphale suspected heaven might have something to say about all the lust the principality was indulging in, should they ever find out. So, as a precaution, he'd started trying to frame it more innocently in his own mind. Just in case. I'm exhausted and cold and in pain, he concluded. I'm just giving my corporation some much-needed relief. If anything, it's Michael's fault for restricting my miracles. Excuse in hand, Aziraphale was doubly elated to return his foul-humoured steed and walk into the warmth of an inn. The sailor's daughter, as the establishment was called, the placard taking a rather rude spin on it, seemed to be trying to outdo the other East End businesses at outright dodginess. The tavern was raucous and filthy. The air was rank with the stink of bodies, and what could either be urine or cheap ale? Aziraphale politely waved away a prostitute's attention as he scanned the room for his demon. Several shouts of anger and dismay rang out from the corner. Aziraphale decided to start his search there. Crowley looked like the epitome of roguish handsomeness, dressed in dark green leather. His long ebon hair was tied back in a simple plait, his eyes hidden by dark spectacles. He'd clearly won some disfavour among the dock workers at his table by winning at a game of dice. Don't be like that, gents, Crowley drawled, flashing a sharp-toothed smile and a familiar silver coin. Aziraphale stopped in his tracks. Tell you what, let's settle it with a simple coin toss. Winner takes all. The coin sang as it flew from the demon's thumb. All eyes followed its rise and fall. Crowley snatched it from the air and made his reveal to another chorus of angry shouts and grumbling. Aziraphale scratched his chin, eyeing the coin. Had Crowley ever lost a coin toss? The demon pocketed his winnings and scanned the room, no doubt looking for his next victim. Aziraphale ducked out of sight, curious to see what Crowley was up to. He suffered the stench and noise for another two hours as Crowley gambled and drank. He resorted to his coin toss another five times and won each time. Aziraphale fumed, his suspicions all but confirmed. The demon was cheating. The demon had cheated him. Feeling much too angry to confront Crowley just yet, Aziraphale fled the inn, intent to burn off his fury with some exercise. He traded the stink of the sailor's daughter for the stink of East London, 
but at least the air was cooler. He grumbled and cursed and forced his corporation to keep walking despite the deep ache in his joints. An ache from hours upon hours sitting in a saddle. Because of Crowley. And he had the absolute nerve to call himself Aziraphale's friend. Cheek. But was it really so surprising that Crowley would cheat on a game of chance? He was a demon after all. If anything, Aziraphale should have considered that the games were rigged by now. Crowley was always the one who tossed the coin, and Aziraphale had never questioned him once. It was like Nox's contract negotiations all over again. Obvious treachery in hindsight, yet Aziraphale failed to consider the possibility that a dark fae would attempt to trick him through double talk or that a demon might trick him with a coin. The angel should have learned his lesson by now. <laughs> Rascal, Aziraphale chuckled, concluding that he only truly had himself to blame. Well, I can still teach him a lesson of my own. He made his way back to the inn as quickly as his pained hips would take him and took up that wily serpent by the scruff of his tunic. Angel! Crowley exclaimed in surprise. One of the side effects of working so closely with one another over the last millennia was that their supernatural ability to automatically sense the other had gradually worn away. They could easily sense each other if they put their minds to it, but their passive awareness of the other had dwindled away to nothing. Aziraphale had laughed when Crowley first mentioned the loss of an important defense mechanism and suggested that it was lovely to know he was allowed inside the demon's personal bubble. Crowley had nearly discorporated from sheer outrage at this apparent audacity. Still, it seemed like a compliment of sorts, and it certainly made it easier to sneak up on the demon for the purpose of a good scruffing. Let's chat, dear. Aziraphale cooed with a false sweetness as he plucked the coin out of Crowley's jerkin. The demon swallowed thickly, but led the angel up to his room. The door closed, only shutting out a bit of the din from below. How was that, Emperor? Crowley asked lightly. Can I get you a drink? Something better than the plonk downstairs? I have a bottle from Spain somewhere here. Very good here. Pairs perfectly with fresh bread and... I don't want wine. Aziraphale barked, then instantly regretted it. Actually, yes, I do want wine. That would be lovely, thank you. But I also want justice. Not really a demon's fault, eh? Crowley muttered, casting the angel some side-eye as he poured the wine. Then let's keep it simple with a coin toss. Aziraphale grinned slyly taking out Crowley's coin. The demon went very still.
Hence, we enjoy the wine together back at mine, where it is quieter and a bit more secure. He put emphasis on the last bit to pique Crowley's interest. The English had taken a rather dim view of what they considered homosexuality, and a good lock on the door could save them a great deal of trouble if they got up to their preferred after-drink activities. Crowley's cheeks coloured as he lifted his goblet to his lips, telling the angel he'd caught his meaning. If it's tails, however, Aziraphale continued, then we are still going back to mine, but I'll be the only one enjoying the wine while you properly apologise for sending me to Edinburgh. Uh, Crowley spluttered into his cup. Uh, I usually pick tails, so... Yes, but considering the state of my buttocks after riding a horse there and back, I think... Tales best for what I have in mind for you. Aziraphale grinned a smile usually seen on the demon's face. Crowley started to protest again, but the coin was already in the air. A few minutes and some fruitless begging later, and they were catching a carriage to the other side of London. Crowley Unburdened by a curtailing of his miracles, soundproofed the carriage so they could speak candidly. All right, I admit it. It was a trick coin, he admitted, turning in his seat towards the angel. I know, Aziraphale smiled. I checked before I made the wager to confirm my suspicion. You know me, Crowley shrugged casting a charming smile. I'm a lovable scamp. Missed you while you were gone, though. What do you say? I pop down on the rock here and give you a proper welcome home. In the carriage? Aziraphale was only half as scandalized as he let on. He was far more amused by Crowley's attempt to warm his way out of trouble. Tempting as always, my dear boy, but I'm afraid I must decline. I have a plan for that precious rump of yours instead. Oh, Crowley leered. Music to my ears, angel. Aziraphale smiled. Spankings, Crowley complained loudly. That's your big plan for me. Come on. Aziraphale cast a nervous look at the door and Crowley rolled his eyes. He'd soundproofed Aziraphale's posh room the second they shut the door. He wasn't an idiot. Not just spankings, dear. Aziraphale stated once he was sure they were secure. One for every punishing hour I spent on horseback thanks to your cheating. Crowley blinked behind his glasses, trying to do the maths, but of course the angel had the figures sorted out already. 
103 hours from London to Edinburgh normally, he supplied in an even tone. Four days. Was it four days, though? Why, no! Thanks to some abysmal weather, we were substantially slowed and forced to take detours. It took eight days to get to Edinburgh. Ugh. Crowley chewed his lip, feeling a bit dazed. Aziraphale soldiered on with his explanation. Two hundred and six hours, Crowley, he stated firmly. Two hundred and six hours on a dreadfully antagonistic mound, saddle sores upon saddle sores. Ipso facto, my dear, two hundred and six spanks. Crowley laughed, feeling oddly hysterical. He'd seen Zira be playful, and he'd seen Zira be an utter bastard, but it was truly a sight to see both at the same time. The angel smiled and summoned a leather pedal, taking a couple practice swings while Crowley broke into a sweat. Wait a minute now. He held up a finger in a bid for patience. It wasn't that he was afraid of his punishment, but he felt compelled to wiggle out of it regardless, as was his nature. You weren't travelling the whole time, though, were you? You would have had to rest the horse, and the humans would have insisted on resting the night and stopping for meals. None of the inns along the road had decent food. Aziraphale grumbled. You say that about every inn angel. <laughs> Crowley snickered. The angel gave an indignant sniff, but didn't argue. My point is, you weren't in a saddle, punishing your plush ass the entire way. So assuming an eight-hour rest per day demands a reduction of sixty-four hours to your count. No! Aziraphale huffed crossing his arms in a snit. Come on, Zira, Crowley purred, sauntering over to the angel with an especially loose-hipped gait. That's still 142 strikes. You realize that 206 hours was only the one way, don't you? Aziraphale replied imperiously, barely hiding a smile. By rights, I ought to double my count. One hundred and forty-two, Crowley counted, stroking his hand over the fine grey velvet of the angel's doublet. And I'll forgo the padding of breeches and hose. <laughs> I rather assumed that was a foregone conclusion, Zira snorted. One hundred and forty-two, Crowley repeated. Do you really want to negotiate all night, or do you want to get on with it? He waved his clothing away, letting his hair spill loose around his bare shoulders in a silky black curtain. Zira surged forward at once, collecting the demon up in his arms as Crowley laughed. He expected them to end up in bed, but Zira surprised him by settling on the stool by his desk instead, before spilling Crowley over his lap. 
A wave of magic brushed his skin as the angel removed his kit down to his hose. Apparently, he was willing to waste a miracle on protecting his velvets. Crowley's wry snort trailed into a squeak at the touch of a warm, gentle palm against the globe of his ass. His skin instantly broke out into excited goose flesh. He was prepared to blame it on the cool air in the room, but his stirring cock was bound to give him away. Truthfully, he was looking forward to this. It had come as a bit of a surprise the first time. Zira spanked Crowley under Knox's instruction, and at first all Crowley felt was humiliated. But by the fifth or sixth strike, he felt himself relax into the angel's lap, all sensation focused on the mild sting and creeping heat. And then it was over, just as it was starting to get interesting. Don't be afraid to put your back into it, he teased the angel, wiggling his ass up at him. I'm a demon. Doubt you could actually do any real damage. Best not turn such a thing into a challenge, <laughs> Zira chuckled, before bringing his palm down smartly across Crowley's flank with a lewd smack. Crowley yelped from pure surprise, having expected the paddle, but the angel seemed content to start with his own hand, no doubt thinking he'd ease Crowley up to it. He rolled his eyes at the sentimental consideration, then squeezed them shut at the second resounding smack, calling out the number aloud as the faking had taught them. As before, things started to get interesting around the tenth strike. His cock stiffened back up to full arousal, a hot flush spreading over his skin. Zira paused to stroke his back and gather his long hair up over his shoulder and away from Crowley's sweat-drenched face. Then he started the next block of ten, and Crowley made it halfway through before he started to writhe. He'd experienced worse pain, of course. Zira wasn't, in fact, putting his back into it, and even if he had, Crowley had an extensive history of agonies to compare such things to. This hardly registered which isn't to say it didn't hurt at all. It did. It just hurt in a way that made Crowley want to lean into it. It was measured and controlled, even if Crowley wasn't the one controlling it. And honestly, maybe that was part of what made it so delicious. He already knew he liked being tied up by the angel. He liked being teased and used for his pleasure. Maybe this was a natural extension of that surrender, or maybe his demonic nature just liked a bit of pain. <laughs> that all you got? He gasped, his breath coming out wetly between dry lips. Really, Angel, I thought you were cross. 
Zira finished the 20th strike and took up the paddle, bringing it down solidly across the back of his thighs and drawing a hiss from between Crowley's clenched teeth. Yes, it did hurt, but it also felt amazing. Tears welled in his eyes and he stumbled over the count, his breathing ragged and heavy. Zira seamlessly took over the counting for him so he could focus on his body. Crowley would have thanked him if he had the ability between stinging strikes. His skin was on fire. His ass was stinging mercilessly, prickling with heat. He was no longer holding back his cries. And he was horribly aroused. It was confusing, this adrenaline-infused mixture of pain and wanting. He let his arms and legs hang heavily over Zira's strong thighs and watched his tears splatter on the wooden floor while his prick drooled a puddle of its own. This was intense and sublime and so fucking hot. Fuck, Angel, he gasped after a particularly stunning blow caused him to arch up off the angel's knee before collapsing back down. Yes, fuck, you're so bloody strong. You are doing so well, Zira cooed, stroking the tears from his flushed cheek. You're just drenched, you gorgeous creature. You're shining in the firelight. Christ, Crowley groaned, bucking his hips against the plush lap, desperate. The paddle rained down on him, the calm counting ticking steadily. Crowley wriggled on Zira's lap, rutting against the smooth hose. No scratchy wool for the angel only the finest, softest silk for him. Crowley groaned in pleasure at the thought of staining them with his dripping cock. The counting told him they were nearly done. He'd wear his new tanned hide like a badge of honour, getting turned on all over again whenever he sat down on his bruised and smarting arse. But first he was going to get thoroughly ploughed. The 142nd strike landed with a hearty clap and Crowley let out a wheeze, aching in so many interesting ways. <laughs> well, that was a thing. He laughed breathlessly. He just started to peel himself up when the paddle came down again. 143. Zira's calm counting was barely noticeable over Crowley's surprised squawk. Another sharp slap connected on the opposite cheek and the demon's spine whipped as he writhed in the angel's hold. 140 bloody two! He snarled over his shoulder just before another smack landed. 
You agreed. 142 and we're square. You agreed. Zira smirked down at him, the paddle raised in a tantalizing display. Now I'm going to take the 206 I'm owed. Bastards! Crowley shouted, struggling now in earnest. Zira just casually yanked him back into place and continued the spanking with a smug smile. Crowley sulked, wriggling and yowling in frustration, his ass nearly aflame. Would it actually combust? He thought he could smell smoke. <laughs> Remember this next time you think to use your devious wiles against me, fiend. Zira chuckled. The sting of the paddle rippled along his spine, and Crowley pressed his mouth into the angel's knee to muffle his shout. Zira's free hand gently pushed him back down with a firm grip on the back of his neck. Oh, yes, Crowley would definitely remember this, although he doubted it would have the effect Zira seemed to think it would. Whatever arousal he felt before the 142nd strike was nothing compared to the intense flood of desire overwhelming him now. He was angry and humiliated and trapped, and so fucking turned on he could hardly stand it. What was wrong with him? He moaned and arched his back, tilting his hips and leaning into the next sharp blow. It landed across the back of his thighs, and Crowley jumped and cried out in pleasure as much as pain. Ah, oh, angel, yes! He cried as the steady drumming of the paddle against his flesh marched him closer to climax. He couldn't believe he was about to come from this. It would be devastatingly embarrassing if it weren't so blessed sexy. Fuck, give it to me harder. Mark me up, I want it. Lord Crowley. He heard Zira groan between counts. Was the angel finding this spanking as stimulating as the demon clearly was? Crowley tried to press his stomach down across the thick thighs beneath him, hoping to feel the hardness of the angel's arousal, but his body rebelled, arching up instead to meet the next blow. Fuck it. This could remain a mystery for now. Crowley was too close to coming to really care. 204? Zira counted, pausing dramatically now between the last few strikes. The anticipation had Crowley on pins and needles. He was shaking out of his superheated skin, tears flowing down his flushed cheeks like rain. Please, 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 he moaned pitifully. 205? 
The paddle connected soundly across both arse cheeks with a loud crack that shook the demon down to the soles of his feet. <sighs> he groaned with every laboured breath. He couldn't see. He couldn't think. He was boneless under the weight of his own knee. I think the last strike needs something special, don't you? Zira whispered in his ear. The tickle of breath made Crowley shiver out of his fog enough to register the words and watch with rapt attention as Zira reached for his hat. Firm fingers, only just recently used to hold Crowley by the neck, closed gently now around the delicate ostrich feather adorning the angel's white-brimmed hat. <sighs> Crowley uttered, trembling in incomprehension as the feather was pulled from the hat and brought back up out of fuel. Two hundred and... Zira cooed softly as Crowley felt the first touch of softness against his raw, hypersensitive skin. His eyes flew wide at the indescribable sensation. Six, the angel finished brightly, drawing the plume up between the cleft of his ass. Crowley's orgasm nearly discorporated him. His jaw fell open in a silent scream, his hip snapping as he fucked himself against the angel's lap, sending ropes of cum splattering across himself as much as the smooth silken hose. He tasted drops of it in his open mouth, uncaring as he wheezed out a broken moan, and fell into oblivion. You did beautifully, my dear, Zira whispered, gathering the shattered remains of the serpent of Eden in his arms and depositing them in the bed. Rest as long as you like. I've got some errands to run, and I'll check in with you later. <clears throat> Crowley whined, exhausted and sex-addled. Zira was clean and fully dressed once more, and the room had been set back to rights. The angel was leaving? Some unnamed panic stole over the demon as Zira's hand touched the door latch. Wait! he called, hard in his throat. All the bliss from his outrageous orgasm was washed away at once by something cold and lonely. A darkness whispered out at him from his marrow, a loathsome fear he hadn't tasted since the sixth century. Zira turned back, looking alarmed at his cry. What is it? he asked, pale eyes crinkled at the edges with concern. Crowley bit his lip, unsure of the answer himself. Are you... he stammered, confused by his mysterious dread. 
Something was clearly wrong about the angel leaving him like this. He knew he needed something, but what? Are we all right now? he asked, grasping at straws. This had to be it. He just needed reassurance that they were even, that's all. I'm not sure I know what you mean, Zira frowned in confusion. You're happy with my punishment, Crowley clarified, unsure if he could really call it that, considering he'd enjoyed it so much. You're not angry with me anymore. Oh! Zira looked alarmed by the thought. I wasn't angry, Crowley, he insisted, coming back into the room. It was just a bit of fun, really. You seemed to be having a good time, and you were rather naughty. I was only pretending to be upset for the theatre of it. You're sure? Crowley asked, pulling the blanket up higher over himself, flimsy armour that it was. <laughs> I promise you, dear, Zira chuckled fondly. I would never strike you out of anger. The darkness in Crowley's marrow burst free with a cruel, mocking laugh. <laughs> Don't make promises you can't keep, Angel, he hissed. Aziraphale blinked at him in injured consternation. Crowley, I wouldn't, he lied again. You smote me, Crowley blared, throwing the blanket off himself and clamoring out of the bed. You were angry about Cain and Abel and you smote me. I wasn't threatening you. You didn't have to do it. You just did it because you were angry. Zira gasped, affronted. Crowley, that was literally ages ago, he argued. I've apologized for that and more. Things are different now. We are different now. I'm still a demon, Crowley hissed. That's never gonna change. And what exactly does that matter? Zira scoffed, becoming angry now. You've been a demon since the day I met you in Eden, Crowley. Yet I haven't so much as raised a finger against you since the flood. That long? asked another voice. A cold, calm voice, frosted with bitterness. Zira and Crowley froze in shock, abandoning their spat at once in favour of trading panicked looks because they had been arguing so passionately and loudly they'd failed to notice an important presence in the room. Because Crowley was still naked beside the angel's bed, splattered with drying cum. Because the archangel fucking Gabriel had showed up in the doorway and heard Zira say that. 
I knew you hadn't been doing much smarter, and I knew you hadn't been as cooperated in centuries. Gabriel growled at Zira, taking a threatening step into the room. But Michaela herself assured me you had things under control. I thought you'd just stepped up and finally started acting like a proper angel. I never imagined this. Gabriel. Zira shrank back, his eyes round with terror. I can explain. This isn't what... I can smell the disgusting sex in this room. Gabriel roared. So go ahead, Aziraphale. Tell me you haven't been fucking this sentient garbage pile. Tell me you don't love him. Crowley held his breath, tossing Zira a pleading look. There was no way Crowley was leaving this room alive, but Zira could still save himself. The principality glanced at him, pale and afraid, then looked back at Gabriel and said, Nothing. <laughs> As I thought. Gabriel laughed mirthlessly. The archangel lashed out, slapping Zira hard across the face before grabbing him by a fistful of golden curls. Zira cried out in fear. Crowley tried to do something, anything, but remained frozen, impotent with terror of his own. Run along, demon! Gabriel glared hatefully at him. Tell Beelzebub to make room at the table for one more. No, Crowley sobbed. No, please. You like fucking demons so much, Aziraphale? Gabriel snarled as he hauled Zira away. You can fuck all the demons you want in hell. No! Crowley screamed, throwing himself at the archangel and clawing at his robes. They fell away, covering him in heavy fabric as he fought savagely. Crowley, Crowley, stop, Zira told him, his voice oddly gentle in the face of his own destruction. Crowley looked up at him mournfully and found the angel sitting comfortably beside him in his warm bed. Crowley was still half wrapped around the angel's chest, covered in soft blankets. There were no archangels anywhere to be seen. Gabriel was... Crowley began breathlessly, wide eyes roving around the room looking for danger. You're safe, Zira assured him, kissing the top of his head. I have this room so heavily warded even Gabriel wouldn't bother showing up in person. You were having a nightmare, Crowley. It wasn't real. We were... Arguing, then... Crowley continued, Zira's words still not fully sinking in through the haze of panic and sleep. 
You had a rather intense climax and immediately fell asleep. We certainly weren't arguing. <laughs> Zira chuckled fondly and gave Crowley a soft squeeze. As for Gabriel, hmm. He sighed then, and Crowley looked back up at him, wary at his shift in tone. I received a letter, Zira explained, holding up a creamy white and gold envelope. It showed up on my desk as you slept. Missives still get through. It must smell like him. Perhaps that's why you dreamed Gabriel was here. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have been reading it in bed with you. <sighs> Crowley muttered, finally getting his wits back. The danger had all been in his head. The dream was over, and yet a simmering unease still lurked in his bones. He shimmied out from under the angel's arm to the other side of the bed. What's the Pratt want now? You have to do another round of blessings. I've been summoned back to heaven. Zira huffed rolling his eyes at the inconvenience. What? Crowley croaked, his chest tightening painfully. Nothing serious. Zira smiled at his dismay and reached for him again. Just getting an upgrade on my corporation and filling out a few reports. I'll be back before you know it. Whatever. Crowley snapped angrily, avoiding the angel's attempt to pull him into a cuddle or some equally affectionate nonsense. It's not like I bloody care. Take all the time you want up there. Of course, Zira smirked, humoring him. Crowley hissed and stomped out of bed, instantly shivering in the cool air. He summoned a fresh outfit, mentally prepared for the sting of scratchy wool against his thoroughly spanked ass, but no such pain came. Did you hear me? Crowley demanded, pointing accusingly at his own back end. Of course I did, Zira replied, as if it were obvious. Your poor bottom was livid. I wasn't going to leave you like that. I can hear myself, Crowley shouted, furious. Smy body, I'll heal it if I want to. It's not like I'm going to discorporate from a spanked ass, you idiot. I'm a demon. I can handle a bit of fucking discomfort. I don't need some fussy angel looking after me. Crowley, that's enough. Zira scolded him. Crowley's cheeks burned. I'm sorry if I overstepped, but I won't be shouted at for easing your pain. You don't know a bloody thing about pain, Crowley snapped. An already muddy memory of Gabriel dragging Zira off for eternal damnation replayed in his mind for a seventh time. It wasn't real, but it could have been. It was an omen of sorts. 
a warning of what comes from angels playing with demons. He turned on his heel and made for the exit. You've never actually really known pain, Angel, he hissed, turning the pet name into an epithet. But if you come near me again, you'll learn all about it real quick. Crowley! Zira gasped, shocked and hurt. Crowley didn't risk looking back. He closed the door on the angel, quit the inn quickly and vanished into the London shadows. The cold seeped through his cloak as the wind swirled discarded refuse around his feet. The gutters reeked and someone was weeping in the darkness of the side alley. Crowley shivered, considering where best to go to get irreparably drunk. The sun was just starting to rise, lighting up the eastern horizon with a line of lurid red. Crowley turned his back on it, pain throbbing acutely somewhere deep in his chest. It stung, breathtakingly harsh, but this too had a sweet edge. It was a familiar ache that begged wallowing and drunkenness and sleep. Crowley laughed cynically at himself as his marrow bled black inside him. He was a demon, all right. It was in his nature to find pleasure in pain.'